0: that's no, really going to be nice. What is being able to record in the recording studio that I'm building? You're building a recording studio. Yes, it's part of the art studio. What about the podcastle? let will just move the podcastle. We can move a whole castle. Yes. Ah. It'll be a moving castle. <sighs> the moving podcastle. The moving podcastle. Oh, I'm writing that movie. You should. I should. That's a lot of movies that you should be writing. Uh, there is. Yes. i got a couple of ones. But we're not here to talk about the movies that you're going to write. We're here to talk about the movies that we're going to watch. What are we watching? This week we are watching The Apartment. Okay. The Billy Wilder 1960 Oscar winning for Best Picture and a number of other uh, uh, wins. Didn't this one... K- Wait, didn't Spartacus come out the same year? Spartacus came out in 1960 as well, yes. And it beat it for Best Picture. Yes. Spartacus was not nominated for Best Picture. Really? No. Nope. It seems like that that would be something that would make it worthy. The just the scale of it would make well, it worthy you know, for the previ- Best Picture. Well, you know, the previous year they had nominated Ben Hur, and and Ben Hur won. So you know, you won't you don't want to do a Blood and Sandals epi- uh, epic two years in a row as an Oscar winner. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. I don't know if that's actually the reason <laughs> it didn't win, but there. it well, might know. have been the politics. But The Apartment did. Oh, nice. The Apartment starring Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine. Hmm. Um. And um, now his name has gone straight out of my head. Fred McMurray. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ray Walston is in it. And there's a number of other people in it. It's quite good. Nice. And um, this is another one of those movies. This actually is not one of those movies that was shown on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like bringing up Mostly maybe. I think because of its subject matter. What's it about? Um, it is about a guy who is trying to curry favor in his in his insurance company he's kind of a low-level guy mm-hmm. and he's trying to curry favor with the um, the executives by letting the executives use his apartment because he's a bachelor yeah use his apartment as a place for them to take their girlfriends so they can cheat on their wives seriously yes so we got like a little bit of madman action madman action going I on would say that this is uh, you could you could very Yes, except it's not an advertising agency. But no. Yes, very similar to the Mad Men, to Mad Men, mm-hmm. the Mad Men, <laughs> the Mad. Hey. Yes, um, very similar to Mad Men in that uh, yes, everybody's having an affair with somebody. Uh huh. Um, they're all married, uh-huh. and they're yes. Okay. Interesting. So it's also an interesting take on the um, idea that you know in the fifties everything yeah. was wonderful because everyone had uh, there was prosperity. And everybody had loving relationships, and pe- kids were respectful of their elders. Really, and you know all these things that that every that that we have a, a certain political contingent that want to go back to. Oi! You know we want to go back to those days when when all these things were wonderful, and here's Billy Wilder with uh, you know both middle fingers raised up to
1: to Just, business and yeah.
0: establishment because there's a there's an extremely casual. Uh, Relationship with infidelity in this uh-huh. particular it is so it's this kind of it's film. kind of like um oh uh it's kind of like uh, the last picture show almost in the in kind of the mentality that it has towards that era uh yeah kind, kind of, of like yeah. not everything was so squeaky clean and picturesque it was actually kind yeah kind of messed up yeah but it also has that sixties vibe of you know we still gotta adhere to these moral codes like no tits no Right, exactly. No. no tits, no blood, no so, violence. This is episode number twenty one. Mm, twenty one. 21. Can we drink during this episode? Um the podcast can. Oh. And I can. But I can. But you can Oh, Oh too bad. Mm. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Um so we're episode twenty one of the one hundred of something. Uh, some movie thing podcast, and this is uh, number eighty on the AFI top one hundred movies of all times tenth anniversary list. Oh, I have one last question before we start this. Yes, is it a comedy? Yes. Is it also? It is not. What is it? What is the? What is it defined as in the genre? Comedy, dra- tra- comedy, drama, romance. So, in fact, this is a film that won an Oscar and it was a comedy yes so the it was also the last black and white film to win best picture really until schindler's list and there are some people who and the artist mm-hmm. and there are some people who consider that the artist was the next black and white movie because schindler's schindler's list has color elements in it mm-hmm. but they're all computer generated so i have to give them that so this okay. movie this movie was the last black and white film actually to win a white, best though. picture until schindler's list
1: Okay, but *Schindler's 30, 30 List* and
0: and the artist was an artistic choice, not necessarily a necessity, because they had the film. Oh no, That's they were they artistic choice, and in fact, there were color color movies all over the place. Yeah, but color films back then was probably fairly more expensive than black and white, and they probably had a whole bunch of that Little stuff bit, sitting they've around. Been making color films for for at least a decade at this point. Fair enough. Okay, and yeah. and. B movies were were color could be color films. As oh well. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It may well, well have been an artistic choice to do that, but anyway. All right. Let's get to let's watch uh, it. Let's get to it. Alrighty. Alrighty. So if you're going to watch The Apartment, um, enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we will see you on the other side of this. All right. Here we go. All right then Uh, Wow, okay So this was A really good movie It was Yeah Uh, Okay, so (laughs) I don't don't know where to start Because this was just A really good movie Okay, so uh, Basically, yes The story is um, A little synopsis here Of the story Uh, We are introduced Through voiceover To C.C. Baxter Who's known to everyone As Buddy Or Buddy Boy Buddy Boy Buddy Boy Um, who works for Consolidated Insurance in yep. New York City on the top of the on the 19th floor in uh, ordinary something or other? He Where does. He, he, he number crunches. Yeah, ordinary claims. Ordinary claims. He the yeah. first the first action of the movie is him just looking at his machine and just going. He's bobbing his head he's up and down and as it goes. Duh, duh, time. Duh, 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 duh. As, yeah. As the machine. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. and he is in uh, desk number eight hundred and. Some odd. It, it's basically uh, the, what he's he does. Is, he's a cipher. He's a nothing. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's a drone. He's a drone. He. He. They um, basically. He gives up. He rattles off all these numbers that basically are indicative of the fact that he's just a. He's just a work yes, a day. Salary man. Cog in a wheel. Cog. in a. Cog, cog in a machine and a. Cog in a watch that's attached to the settings yes. of a very large a larger watch. And he uh, works late, and it is explained in the voiceover that he works late. Because sometimes he just can't go home, and we immediately cut <laughs> to him on the street, walking past uh, his own building. Yeah, we and assume it's his own building. He looks up into the window, and there's uh, cha-cha music coming from the coming from the closed window, and laughing. Uh-huh. And he sighs and walks off into the rain because his apartment is being used by the executives four four executives in his company. Um. As a love nest for for them to take their girlfriends to. And he is doing this to curry favor with them and to get good efficiency reports um, and uh, possibly get a promotion to executive and be moved to another floor, if possible. And this stuff is even like, and the stuff that he's hoping to get out of them is like office space level bureaucracy kind of stuff. Right, like to go your TPS from TPS a... forms and to go from <laughs> to get good TPS. Yeah, to forms. go from well, to go from just a desk in a big room to an actual office with walls. Yeah, with walls and a glass. As right. it as it later turns out, is a is uh, just literally four do- four walls, glass windows, and a desk. Same desk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, he is shown to be juggling these appointments. Um, he in fact goes to bed one night early on in the film and is called from a bar by one of his uh, one of his executives. He to has say several bosses that he has picked to. up a. He has picked up a woman at the bar. He feels that he could get lucky and he needs the apartment. So the bosses are are themselves taking advantage of this situation uh, quite they a even, bit. They even said at the beginning the very first the first guy at the apartment was like, "Oh, it's the apartment of some schmuck that works." Oh yeah, me. yeah, some schlub. Some schlub that works right. for me. So they don't they don't really have any respect for him. He just uh, gives them the key, and they're able to... Uh, and it. he only has the one key. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because apparently it's very expensive to make copies. Yes, well, you know. Plus you don't want to have a bunch of keys roaming around. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, he is doing this uh, thing. He wants to... They talk to him about efficiency reports and how they are going to... Uh, to uh, do right by him. And he gets a call from HR. Yeah. From the personnel department, from the office of Mr. Sheldrake. After he after he went through basically, one, I bet, one of the fun... I think, in my opinion, one of the best scenes of the whole movie where he's sitting there with his calendar, he's got a cold, and he's basically talking on the oh, phone, trying to right. schedule these people to basically go fuck in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like okay this is this is quite awesome this is quite awesome right because somebody this. he's got a he's got a guy who needs the apartment but he can't do it on Wednesday so he needs to move to Friday he's mm-hmm. got a guy, a, guy already on Friday. on Friday maybe he can move him to Thursday but he has to move to Thursday so they have to move somebody else. and it's 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 a beautiful little scene where he's where Jack Lemmon is in the midst of a cold but talking to his guys in his on the phone and scheduling going through his, his Rolodex uh and uh through his uh but that we get we get a little bit ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. at this point um he meets a girl whose name is Fran she runs the elevator mm-hmm. she runs the best elevator yes efficient she's, she's very efficient and she uh she's always very nice very polite sarcastic very sarcastic she's a little yeah she's a little firecracker mm-hmm. uh she's played by Shirley MacLaine. And uh, he takes a liking to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does. And he, he wants to ask her out, but doesn't really know what to do. Uh-huh. Um, I think he mentioned it to his executive fellows. Uh, no, I don't think or he did. I they don't. were talking about her. Yeah, they were talking about her. Oh, because home. he was he was talking to her. One of them oversaw, or one of them saw him talking. And they, yes, anyway. because apparently if you're having an affair in another guy's apartment... Um, uh, any time that he talks to another woman, they automatically assume that he's going to bone her. Cause, well, right. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause that's what apparently dudes do. Sure. Yeah, because, you know, it's you can 1959. No, no, that's just generally what happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, they. he gets a call to Mr. Sheldrake's office. The boss Mr. man. Sh- Mr. Sheldrake, the head of personnel, uh, tells him that he has received very high marks from four different... Uh, four different departments, and each of those people oh. want him to work in their department. Here's the best part is that he also has this stack of paper and he whips it out like an accordion. Oh yeah, it's, it's a, like sh- computer, computer pronounces. So, sh- you're very good. Sh- sh- <laughs> and he checks it a couple of times, and it's just like, it's funny every time he pulls then and, then he it hints, out. But then he hints that he knows that, uh, that Buddy has a secret. Yeah. And that Buddy is doing something that may or may not be savory and may or may not be within the best interests of the company. Last time we had somebody that was well liked, he was running a bookie game out of the out of like the broom closet or something. And he was using he was using the computers to crunch the numbers for figure out his numbers. Or IBM machines to crunch the numbers. Exactly. So immediately Buddy starts getting nervous because he might get fired. Yeah. But it turns out that Mr Sheldrake played by Fred McMurray with such a Just delicious evilness. It was really good, yeah. Um, It turns out that he's just looking for a place to take his girlfriend. Uh, (laughs) Everybody wants in on the Bone Palace. And, 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 he wants it exclusively. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. He pretty much wants it exclusively. In fact, tells Buddy he needs to get him a second key. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to do all this flopping. It looks suspicious. and flopping, and it looks bad if Buddy has to keep coming up to his office all the time. Yeah. So, Buddy agrees. Oh, also, um, hold up, before we, we get too much farther away from it, um, the way that the guy... Tries to get his key back because after the first night, the first uh, the first time he comes back from work, the guy who tr- tried to get Marilyn Monroe, who tried to bang Marilyn Monroe, yeah, lost. He gave him the wrong key. Gave him the wrong key. Yes. And so you know that that sets it up for later when he um right, he's like right, I have the washroom key and I have the I have your key, so they can switch them right. And you know that sets it up for later. So he is all set. For this guy to come, start using his apartment. He's uh-huh. going. To, he wants to use it tonight, uh-huh. and he has two tickets to see the Music Man. So mm-hmm. he gives them to Buddy, who immediately says, "Oh, I yes, I could use those because he thinks I will ask Fran, the elevator operator, out." Yep. He gets that idea. Well, it turns out that Fran is the girl that. Uh, Sheldrake is taking to hmm. the apartment. Now, when Jack or when uh, ba, when Buddy asks her out, he tells her um, that, or, or she tells him that she has another date, but that she will meet him at 830 before curtain for the for the music band. Yeah. Which is fine. And um, they go their separate ways. He, uh, he goes to wait for her at the at the uh, at the theater, mm-hmm. she goes to meet Sheldrake at a uh, tiki restaurant. Yep. Um, and then he convinces she's going to break up with him. He convinces her to go back to the apartment.
1: That yeah. He's got this and, is uh,
0: this guy is just a fucking scumbag. He is a pretty good. He's pretty yeah. He's pretty douchey. Yeah. Um. So he, uh, they go off to that apartment yeah. and do their business. Uh, because, he tells, because he tells, but um, because he tells Fran that he's going to get a divorce, uh-huh. that he's finally had it out, had it with his wife, and he's going to get the divorce. He's going to see his, he's going to talk to his lawyer. This is it. We're yes. Done. Um, they, uh, she stands, buddy up, mm-hmm. and like a bitch. Well, you know, no. She I mean, she didn't anyway. want to, but she got convinced that she needed to do something else. So he goes home, they're still there, it's another it's another night of complications. Oh yeah. Um and the next day he is rewarded with a new office. Yes. So he has had his promotion. Um and he has earned it through his uh through this. So um Sheldrake and Fran can continue to see each other at yep. the apartment. Um, Buddy is still uh, is still promoted, and then it's Christmas time. Yeah, which then it suddenly turns into a Christmas movie. And then, <laughs> that's that's true. There is there is quite a bit of Christmas stuff in this film. Um, at a big office Christmas party, which was I mean the whole floor of the nineteenth yeah. floor is. Dancing people and people on desks dancing making around, and and people making out, and there's liquor, and there there there's a scene where two of the executives are pouring fifths of liquor into the water cooler, yeah, which is funny,
1: um, and they're all
0: <laughs> carrying plastic cups and they have party hats and and stuff. Merry grabs, Christmas! Whoa, he, he grabs uh, the Buddy, grabs Fran off of the elevator, and says, "You know, you need to have a drink. Come and you can we can drink in my office." Mm-hmm. So while he's getting her a drink. Sheldrake's assistant, or Sheldrake's secretary, Mm -hmm. corners Fran and tells her that she used to be Sheldrake's girlfriend. Yeah. And that after her, there was another girlfriend, but before Fran, and that after Fran, there'll probably be somebody else. Mm -hmm. The thing that happens through all of them is that Sheldrake promised to divorce his wife. Yep. Which, of course,. Makes Fran very upset. Of course. Now, um, this is also the scene where uh, Buddy discovers that Fran is Sheldrake's girlfriend. um, Because he has earlier returned a makeup compact to Sheldrake to return to his girlfriend because it was in his couch. Yeah. It has a broken mirror in it. Mm -hmm. And when he's trying on his bowler... To show her this new hat that he's bought because he's an executive it's the junior model, so he's, does it look good and he's he's wearing it jauntily to cock to one side. She hands him the compact so he can see it he opens it and discovers that she's the she's the one yeah that that Sheldrake has been seeing all along, which is hilarious because later earlier in the film it's like the the executive the uh uh Sheldrake was like. Well, it also says here that you're very smart and you can put things together really quickly. And he just stares at him. He's just like, <laughs> that's true. Oh. Oh. <laughs> exactly. So I guess he has I so, guess he has plot intelligence. So so this this is in a standard rom-com where we have the the breakup. Now they're not actually dating or anything, but this is a complication that causes them to be apart. Mm-hmm. It affects Baxter. It also affects um uh Fran because she's she's not she's not necessarily upset that Baxter's upset, but yeah. she is upset about finding out that she's just another girl yeah. that Sheldrake's been lying to her all along and just using that lie to get sex. So she goes with him to the apartment uh-huh. and to Sheldrake, she Fran, she goes with Sheldrake him to the apartment to uh, celebrate Christmas, in quotes, yeah. and they have a couple of drinks, and she hands him a a present that she bought, which is the f- the the album of songs by the piano player at the tiki restaurant that they go to, which is just it's pretty thoughtful, you know, yeah. pretty pretty thoughtful gift, I, I suppose. And then uh, he hands her a hundred bucks because you know yeah. he can't he can't really go out shopping.
1: So I don't know, I didn't extra, know what to get you Extra so. super douche And
0: in something that you would not have expected to see In a movie made in 1959 She stands up Walks to the middle of the room Takes off her gloves Starts taking off her coat And starts unbuttoning her dress it And says, he goes, hey, what are you doing? And she says, well If it's already paid for so I, Oh, Damn, girl, that is awesome that's yeah so of course he gets mad at her for misunderstanding what's going on he just can't go to the store he has to go home to his kids and yeah, his Let wife, me pick up these his, packages and for and my children so he picks up this bag pa- this this bag there's a box of whatever stuff and leaves uh-huh, she goes what into, do she goes into the bedroom and into the little bath uh, area and finds um, finds ba- Buddy's uh, all sleeping pills. Now, meanwhile, Buddy has been out on the town. He has decided to go and God. drink uh. to forget Fran. <laughs> he he meets a woman whose husband is away. No, 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 locked up in. Oh, locked up. That's right. He's away in prison. He's, he's away in, in uh, Cuba. He's locked in up cu- in Cuba. Cuba. That's right. He's he's locked up in Cuba.
1: Um, because he got
0: involved in that old that stupid revolution the revolution right Yes, yeah. yeah 1960 so there you go um so uh he, he there's a there's a f- just funny as hell scene where he's dancing with her they're just they're like the oh, no, their faces are their pressed faces together. Are pressed together, but that's the only thing really that's holding them up. And, and they're just like, like dancing. They're dancing, and they get kicked out of the bar, so they go back to his place. Oh yeah, also Dirty Santa Claus with who's taking a shot at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> She's like wow, this so, is so. So they go back to the place. He finds Fran in bed and has to get rid of the other girl. Um. No, because, because Fran... Because Fran is passed out and not waking up at all. And he finds the bottle of pills and discovers, oh shit, she's tried to c- kill herself. Which they established, which I love this. They established this earlier on, that he takes sleeping pills. That's true. And he did, couldn't have tight. him in the apartment because he, ha- he had taken a sleeping pill already. Oh, that's... Yes, yeah, that's true. It's like, so, this is... It's really tight writing, which I really love. Yeah, so they... She... He gets the girl out. His neighbors have all along been convinced that he's some sort of playboy because of the music and everything the like that. The music and the drinking. So he's... He... In another really awesome line of, um, well, the doctor, the German doctor, I think he was, asked him, would you mind terribly donating your body to science? <laughs> because you apparently have an iron liver and the rest of you is made out of steel. Right, exactly. So so he, he gets the doctor from next door to help Fran, and there's a scene of them pouring scalding hot coffee into her gullet. No, no, no. Before, After before they made her forcing her, vomit, her to vomit. They force her to vomit. They they pour scalding hot coffee into her, into uh, uh, her gullet. Before that, they, they slap her awake and they give her smelling salts, force her to... Uh, they uh, force her to vomit and then they pour scalding hot coffee down her throat because that'll make her feel better. Right, of course. And then they walk her around for two hours. Marching. March, march, march. Yeah. Um, so, then the movie becomes this sort of... Um, not so much a romantic comedy, but more of a I don't know a a drama. I thought that was the end of the movie, honestly. In that, well, you yeah. know, well, yeah, in a lot of movies it would be. Oh, look, she tried to kill herself in my bed, so you know, yay, we're we're a couple now. Mm-hmm. But they, it actually takes the opportunity for them to get to know one another a little bit. Yeah. So we get to see Jack Lemon. Um, you know, making spaghetti with a tennis racket, and we get to see her kind of uh, come out of her shell a little bit and say, you know, talk a little bit more about what about where she lives and who she is, and the kinds of relationships she's been having. Um, they're all bad, so just yeah, just she so you she's know. had kind of a shit choice in men. Yeah, she's not she's not doing well. Um, we learned that Jack Lemmon shot himself in the knee with a forty-five. Yeah, that was awesome, um, uh, accidentally. And, uh, and yeah didn't go to jail for trying to kill a cop which is weird um, so you know little little things like that so we move along he tells Sheldrake that he that Fran tried to kill herself and that um, Sheldrake should try to talk to her and then there is a scene of just utter the, the like the banality of evil um, he Talks to her as if the problem with her dying would be that he might get upset or in trouble in some way, or there might be some problem. So, you know, let's, let's be a good girl and we'll just forget this ever happened, mm-hmm. and it'll be it'll be okay. That you know, you ch- you tried to kill yourself, but you know, it doesn't. That's fine. Whatever. Very sixties mentality too, because well, it's like they it, didn't well,
1: look 11, at when it was made.
0: But it was made. There you go. It was so, made that time. But it was like you know, one of those things where it's, it's just somehow, like... somehow this this flaw you have in your personality where you tried to kill yourself—that's a one-time thing—affects me in a way that might be uncomfortable for me to have to deal with or think about in any sort of way. So yeah. we're just going to forget this happened. We're going to forget this happened. We're not going to talk about it. And if you ever try to do it again, then and I will I'll be, kill you. Then I'll be very sad. I'll be very upset with you. Yes. And uh, yes. Instead of you know, know trying to talk about it or think of the children. Yes, yeah, please. The children right. that you and, and I haven't had yet. Right. So, um, eventually, she ends up breaking it off with with Sheldrake. That's one of the last things of the scene. Uh, the very, last, very last thing. And because she realizes that... It's at New Year's, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, she realizes that it is Buddy that actually loves her all along. Mm-hmm. And she goes back to him. And then we are set up for the last scene of the film where they are... Going to play their finish their game of gin rummy, mm-hmm. and she tells him to shut up and deal. Yeah, I love you. Shut up and deal. Exactly, and uh, that that is that is a an awesome way to end the film. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So, relevance. We're gonna move um, go straight into relevance because um, I I. In writing the blog post that goes with this, I don't usually write something that's really long. I wrote something that I think I need to talk about on the podcast before it goes up on the web, but you'll have read it before you see it. Anyway, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um,
1: Doesn't matter, wrote it anyway. This
0: picture won Best Picture in 1960. Mm -hmm. I think this picture could be put up against films that are made today and still win the Oscar for Best Picture. It doesn't need to be remade, though. It wouldn't need to be remade. In fact, I would say if you remade it, you would kill it. Yeah. There's just something about this movie that clicks on all well, cylinders. It's just it is, It's tight. It's got tight writing. They set up the seek-and-all. They set up the key switch. The key, they the seek-and-all, the telling the boss, the boss to fuck off. Um, yeah. Just all like, of Everything stuff. is so very tight. And the chemistry between um, Jack Lemmon, and um, oh, her name just Shirley MacLaine. Shirley McLean is just so it's there. Good. It's, it's good. It's very good. Yes. And you know the guy who plays um ah bad guy, the Fred bad, McMurray. Fred McMurray. Um, he he's just so he just got that like I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. and there's not a damn thing you can do about it because I'm your boss or I'm your I'm the person you're in love with, and yep. I'm just an awful person. Yeah. and it's I just I don't know and it's just the comedy is played straight this is yeah that's the thing Jack Nichols uh, Jack Nichols Jesus uh, no, Jack, Jack Lemon Jack, Jack Lemon. Lemon plays the character absolutely straight he is 100% down with whatever's going on in the yeah, situation he plays a bumbling kind of he, he doesn't he, he plays the I don't really understand what's going on but I'm going to play along and then if it happens that I can turn this to my advantage at some point I'm going I will to. say that's what I was doing all along but really I don't know what is happening to also me. I have a bowler yeah. and well yeah and he's he's caught up in the, the the appearance of everything he wants to make sure that it appears that he's cooperating yeah. that, appear, that he appears to be an executive he even um, says later on. He ever. He even says earlier in the film that he doesn't actually like this happening, and he's just doing it to basically gain favor. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's something to be said for the the sort of uh, I don't know what is it. What is it about the sixty the fifties that that may, that 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 generated this particular. You know this particular film. It wasn't that they just made the whole story up out of whole cloth. That you know that it was that it was. Oh well, this would be an interesting thing to. Yeah. There's something about corporate culture or that uh, you know about how that works that people understood. But they knew that this was happening. This kind of stuff was happening. And they didn't talk about it, so you make a movie about it, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, but they made it a comedy, so you know it doesn't really affect us." And everything, like, but so it's we still can true, still look yeah. back at the '50s and go, "God, what an what an era of opportunity and fabulousness that was!" And mm-hmm. and and you know, look at how much all the husbands and wives and their two point three children and their two cars in every garage and yeah. two chickens in every pot. They just loved everybody, loved each other. It was you know wonderful. And then we have these underlying. We have underlying tenets of infidelity, alcoholism, alcoholism, drug abuse, child abuse, child abuse, um, spousal abuse. Oh yeah, just abuse in general. So the girl um, Fran, she lives with she lives with her sister and her husband, who looks a lot like um, he looked like the delivery guy from bringing up baby. Looked like the delivery guy from bringing up baby. Central casting bit. Part guy. He also looked like uh the third brother of the Mar- he also looked like the third Marx brother that wasn't Harpo or uh, Groucho. You mean Chico? Chico. He looked like Chico Marx a little bit. Yeah, I guess he I guess he did a little bit. Yeah. Uh Carl Carl Matushka. D- Matushka. And he drives a cab and he wants to punch he punches Jack Lemon in the face a couple times. Yeah. Johnny and he was played by a guy named Johnny Seven. That's yeah. that's kind of a weird <laughs> We looked him up on IMDb. He doesn't even have a photo. He's yeah. just he's just kind of there. I think that might be because he was only in a couple things. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway. No, he's still working. Oh uh, yeah. Or nineteen twenty six to two thousand ten, he's dead. He died. He's dead. So yeah. Alright. Anyway. Um So Alright. So Jack Lemmon is a fantastic actor actor. Uh-huh. Very subtle, very understated. He could be big and, and comedic, but he understood that in order for the comedy to work, you have to play against it a little bit. You can't... He's a good example of less. Yes. Good example of, yeah, do that, now give me a little bit less of that. Yes. And it'll still be funny, and it's still... And let the let the dialogue, let the comedy, let the situation be itself. Don't try to be, you know, Why well, I'm gonna be a big you know, fabulous flap my arms and and stuff yeah don't robin uh, williams it fred <laughs> Fred mcmurray um who didn't he thought about not taking this part uh, he, reportedly he said he said i'm i don't want to play sheldrake necessarily uh, because he had recently played the shaggy dog for disney the shaggy I mean, dog yeah it's a kid's movie about a guy who turns into a dog You mean the Tim Allen piece of shit that came Uh, out a couple of years ago? No, 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 no. That would be the Fred McMurray film that came out in, like, 1958. The Shaggy Dog was remade years later. With Tim Allen. With Tim Allen, yes. He was also the original nutty, uh, Nutty Professor. Seriously? Or, no, excuse me. Was he the Nutty Professor, or was he the, uh... Let's see. He was... Looking him up, we're looking him up right now. The uh, absent. He was. Oh, he was the uh, absent-minded. The professor. absent-minded professor, not the nutty professor. The nutty professor was uh, was uh, Jerry Lewis. Ah. Okay. The absent-minded professor, who was the guy who invented Flubber. With the bouncing. Oh, and, the, and then and Robin, Robin Williams and did and the remake. And there was a the remake. CGI and, yeah, remake yeah, with. Uh, exactly now. Huh. So yeah, the Shaggy Dog was 1959. Now, he. Wasn't he was thinking about this because he had just signed the long term contract with um, with uh, Disney, mm-hmm. and so he was apparently he was going to be in all these these what we would consider G rated films, basically family family type movies. Yeah, he was also the star of My Three Sons. I don't. He was the dad on My Three Sons. He had he had three kids, Chip and Dale and Earnhardt. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm giving my father the blankest he stare has I can. He no what I'm talking what about, the... which, which means I, as a father, have done my job. What is What um, is my three sons about? My three sons is about a widower who has three sons. You don't say. And he has uh, Uncle Charlie, who was the cook for the for the uh, for the family. Uh huh. And they live in suburbia. Go on. And it's a lovely time. So he had just started playing that on television. Okay. So. Um, so the guy was working. Yeah, but okay. he was also in Double Indemnity. I don't. He was also in a long list of film noir films, where he played everything from the uh, from the misunderstood hero, yeah, uh, private eye guy, to the douchiest douche bad guys ever in film noir. So he's he's got a long he had a long career of of doing film noir as well. So so the idea that he would be a little worried about playing uh, playing uh, Jeff Sheldrake, eh? I don't know. Maybe it makes for good press, mm-hmm. but he was so good. Yeah, he was so good because everything revolved around what he wanted and what his what his idea of what should be happening is. In fact, even after um, he he he's overheard talking to um, talking to Fran when she's committed, you know, she's tried to commit suicide, and yeah. he's talking to her, he's like, you know, we're just going to forget about this. Yep. You're going to be a good girl. It's It'll all be fine. Water under the bridge. Don't worry about how this is going to affect our relationship, because I'm not going to dump you because you tried to commit suicide. Basically. Yeah. His secretary listens in on his call. Mm-hmm. Overhears everything. And then calls his wife. Yeah. Because she had been an a girl before and there had been others and whatever. She calls the wife and says, Hey, I'm I'm your husband's secretary and we need to have we need to have lunch. <laughs> so she apparently and that's a, that happens off camp, you know the, the, the actual conversation that they had happens off. We never off actually Amra. see um Stonejaw's wife, do we? Uh no, she doesn't appear in the film. Huh. Okay. But uh Stonejaw? I, he, Sheldrake. Drake. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So so they have a conversation, and the wife kicks him out. Yeah, he, did, he didn't say, he, he said he left his wife. It's like, no. Yeah, he does say, he does say, I left my wife. But no. it turns out that she, uh, she had, booted his ass. She booted his ass, and he's living in. Well, that's, living, that's the equivalent in, of, like, the, the boyfriend saying, uh, we, it was a mutual thing. Right. It was a mutual thing. Yeah. No, no, she he, dumped your she ass. She dumped your ass, right. So he's living at the athletic club, and in fact says, um, you know, I'm going to be dating around and enjoying my, my bachelor. Life like you, like you do, um, <laughs> buddy. Because he promotes Buddy to his personal assistant. Yeah, which is that and really a promotion? If you go from weird, a number cruncher to a weird, weird scene, but but you know, gives him the office panel with panel walls Whoa, and three big windows extender. and a door directly into Sheldrake's office, and then another door out in the, the executive pool. washroom. A key to the executive washroom, which is what he had gotten. Back from Ray Walston earlier in the film Uh when when uh, he had forgotten to uh, when he had not returned the correct key. So when Joe Dobish said, "That's what I said about earlier about how the writing was still really really tight and how that also set it up. It set it up for the keys looking very similar. Yes, which is something that they don't they didn't they had no way of establishing prior to that scene. Right, exactly. So so he actually is told." You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take other girls there because I'm enjoying being a bachelor. And yeah. Is, so give me your key, Sheldrake. So give me your key because I had to throw my key out the train window. Yeah. When I heard that that she had tried to kill herself, I tossed my tra- my key out the train window because you wouldn't want to have evidence that he had been there or anything uh, like that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Super. Like, wow. So now I'm gonna <laughs> lock Holy you shit, out of what your I'm house, having, bastard. So, yeah, just give me your key, and then, you know, we'll get a copy made later. Because, you know, the, the Athletic Club is no place to bring a woman. In he's fact, staying at the fucking it's, YMCA. It, it's completely stag. Oh, no, he's not at the YMCA. No. No. He's staying at the equivalent of the YMCA. For rich people, for sure. rich people. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's completely stag. So you can't, yeah, right. So he... Uh, so he's staying at the RMCA, the Rich Man's... <laughs> yes. Man. The rich Man's Christian Association. Bow chicka bow chicka bow. Wow chicka wow <laughs> Um so he <laughs> uh, he, uh, he he so um Buddy tosses the key, reaches into his pocket, tosses, tosses the key onto the, the desk. desk, walks out, goes over to the uh, goes over to the closet, closes all his drawers, goes over to the the coat closet in his office. Sheldrake walks in, he's like Hey He's putting his hat on and his coat and he says, Hey, you gave me the key to the executive washroom. This is not the key to your apartment. He's like, "Well, no, I'm not going to need that key anymore." I quit. I quit. I'm out. So yeah. he leaves. He's all like, "Woo, big swinging dick." Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, he has to move out of his apartment. So at New Year's, <laughs> well, at New Year's when uh, when she when uh, Fran discovers that she is truly in love with, and it, it's. It's Baxter that has been good to her, yes, and has taken good care of good to her. her I don't think stuff. she's necessarily in love with him because they no, don't but she'll grow to it. She she must it's that yeah, kind it must of thing, and yeah. you know, that's yeah, whatever. So she runs across the city to to his apartment and mm-hmm. finds him uh, finds him there, and they play Jin Ramay. anyway. Um, some of the other characters in this film we have uh, we have Ray Walston, who uh, later went on to play my favorite Martian, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Jack Crucian... Who played Doctor Dreyfus, uh-huh. the, uh, the next door neighbor, who was nominated for an Academy Award for this film for yeah. best supporting actor? Really? Yeah, for his for his part in this as in kind this. of an as a kind of a neurotic, nutty German. Dude? Uh, well, you know, he's he's Jewish. He's, he's okay. He's you know he's he's the guy that's telling him you know you gotta you gotta you gotta slow down, buddy boy. You gotta slow uh-huh. down because you're gonna die. You, you your body can't take this. You know. And he does promise to leave his body to science, which I thought was was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyce Jameson played the uh, the blonde that is brought back to the apartment by Ray Walston. Yeah, uh, Joe Dobish, the one that he found in the bar. Yeah, this woman looks just this girl looks just like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And he's sitting in a in a payphone and she comes over, opens the door, and she's like, Hey, when are we gonna go? And I've got a super breathy like, voice. I've got a super breathy voice and I really want to go back to the apartment. So he's um, Billy Wilder, as an inside joke, put this woman in the movie because he apparently had a shitty time working with Marilyn Monroe <laughs> on the two movies that he had worked with her before. The oh, previous really? year they had released Some Like It Hot, which is on this list Jack Lemon, Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe. Wait, Jack Lemmon in a Marilyn Monroe film? Oh yeah. Oh, oh this yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. be a toss-up. Yeah. It's okay. good. Oh, it's it's. Some Like It Hot is is a is a good movie. Is it yeah. even with Marilyn Monroe in it? Yes. And then he really? and he, and then there was another one. They had worked together, and apparently she was late to the set. She was demanding. She didn't have you know didn't have her shit together. Was on drugs. Whatever else. All this all the things that eventually killed her. Yeah. But um. But she was very super popular, so she worked. But anyway, so he put this woman in the film to be a Marilyn Monroe stand-in, sort of. Yeah. And, and then uh, he treats her pretty grappily. Oh yeah. You know. So um, the guy that directed this, he was was he an American director? Billy Wilder. Yeah. No, actually, he was a German screenwriter. Really. During the uh, during the silent era in the in the Germ- in the, in Germany in the twenties.
1: And I was wondering why his
0: name sounded so damn familiar. He emigrated to America in the mid-30s. Uh-huh. Started making films. Nice. And uh, we can go over some of his uh, credits. I would like to, because his name sounds really familiar, because I took a German film studies class when I was in college. Um, um. He, at this point, he had written... Um, he wrote Stalag 17, which, uh, this is the thing, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see a lot of films that he, or you you might have seen films that he wrote. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, der kommt mit der Draken oder die Draken destroys the monsters, Nein. Um, what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna read some of these, uh, German titles, um. Where is the lady? Oh, uh, or. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so he was uh, in the German. He was in the German silent industry, and the he then he then emigrated when Hitler, Under basically when Schell. Hitler came to power, um, and started writing uh, writings uh, screenplays for Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and there is a story that's told on the um, on the DVD extras. Yeah. In, in the apartment. Where he was, his uh, his work visa had expired, so he had to leave. He wanted to apply for permanent residency, uh-huh. so he had to leave the country, and um, he went to Mexico. He went to Tijuana. He went to Tijuana, and then he went to the consulate uh, the the American the American offices there and applied for for uh, permanent residency. And they asked him, um, "Oh, see, so he wrote Sunset Boulevard, Ocean's Eleven, um, what?" He also wrote the Seven Year Itch, Double Indemnity, which is where you know he would have worked with, uh, or he would have worked with Fred McMurray. Seven, seven year, year Itch. itch was, like, yes. was the other, was it the other screenplay that you were talking about for? Uh, Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, Ocean's Eleven, right after The Apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was uncredited. Um, anyway, so yeah, still he he was in the office of the. Uh, he also did Casino Royale. That's the that's the Woody out Al- the, the Woody Allen. You mean where everyone's James Bond? Yeah. I love that movie. That is an awesome movie. Oh, my God. So, um, anyway, he um, he went to Mexico, Yeah. applied for permanent residency in America, and was told, he was asked, what do you want to do in America? And uh-huh. he said, I want to make movies. And I said, make good ones. Stamped his thing in. Nice! Yeah. That's Apparently, okay. he had, he, had, he knew who he was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, as a director, he has 27 films to his credit. Uh, Double Indemnity, The Lost Weekend, which was referred to in The Apartment. Really? Yeah, there's, there's two movies that... He made a reference uh, to one of his own movies? He did. did. I know it's a thing that you don't like. Remember Ah! when... Stop. When all the executives are sitting around and they're talking about how Buddy has kind of left them high and dry with The Apartment. Yeah. And, uh, one of them says, um, he wants to, he he was trying to, uh, he was trying, he had to go to Jersey to a, to a, uh, drive-in theater yeah. in a Volkswagen. Yeah. It was sort of a lost weekend. I was, oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, Stalag 17, Sabrina, the seven-year itch, um, Witness for the Prosecution, which really? is an excellent movie, and, um. It's one of your favorites isn't it it is it is one of my favorites he was uh, he was going to be working with Charles Lawton um, later and Charles Lawton ended, uh, ended up dying uh, oh. before he could take and I don't remember what movie it was on uh, Irma Ladouche so in some like it hot with Jack Lemon the apartment with Jack Lemon Irma Ladouche with Jack Lemon um, Jack Lemon was a favorite of his wasn't he uh, well you know there were there were quite a few films that he made that it looked that were, like his last he made film. a remake of the front page which was was uh, the front page was a remake of uh, His Girl Friday, which is not on his list. No. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, lots of lots of good movies. And then he just wrote, like... Wrote. Tons. Yeah, tons and tons of films. Yeah, this wrote is... a lot of his own films. Uh, he has 76 writing credits. Wow. Which is pretty good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, The Apartment was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Really? Wow. Yes. So, that was that's like Lord of the Rings level of... How good, apparently, this movie was. Yeah. Um, It won Best Picture. Uh Uh-huh. It won for Best uh, Black and White um, Set Design, I think. All right, so it won Best Picture, Best Director. Nice. Best Screenplay. Co-written by Wilder and... Best Black and White Art Direction slash Set Decoration and Best Film Editing. So Billy Wilder, because he was a producer... The director and a screenwriter on this film actually won three Academy Awards for this film. And it lost for... Uh, it was... it was uh, Jack Lemmon was nominated for Best Actor, Shirley MacLaine for Best Actress, and Jack crucian for Best Supporting Actor. Um, and he did not... None, none of them won anything. In fact, this was the year that Peter Ustinov won for Spartacus. Ah, Okay. Uh, for best supporting actor, so we All go, right. we go there. Wow! So, see, having seen the two competitors, I don't know. Maybe was Peter? Us- Do you think Peter Ustinov was better than? Uh... Oh, hands down! You oh, think yeah, so? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, All Peter right. Ustinov, just yeah, super, super good. Um. So so yeah, Spartacus didn't even get nominated in in best picture for that's funny for 1960, which you know is kind of not that surprising really. Uh, all right, fair enough. Um so, yeah, again, I think yeah, honestly, I think this film could could be put up against a lot of films that have been nominated certainly and certainly several of the winners. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, today. Um, it could definitely go against um oh, what could it go against? Definitely could go against um we don't have this year's nominations, so it's hard to. Could go against The Artist. You think? I think so. Okay. Well, the artist was a pretty Another one last year. Well, the thing is, is that the artist basically the only difference between what the artist was and uh, any other kind of like those dramatic comedy, romantic comedy kind of deals mm-hmm. was it was in black and white, it was silent, which was something that wasn't that was done. Risky. That, Very risky. Was it? Sure. Why oh not? come on! It was. If, if the <laughs> movie was bad, then people would be all like, ah, "Let's uh, throw it on there anyway." Because it was. Uh, yeah. It's an artistic choice. I don't. Um, I haven't seen it so. You're missing out. It's actually right. kind of good. Okay. Um, it's also kind of weird seeing people that you know. It's like seeing, like, actors. That you know are, are current actors. Are current and actors, are, yeah. and they're in a black and white film. Right. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that is uh, it for the apartment. Yeah. I would say rent it. It's available on Netflix. Was yeah. it a stage play? Just that's my last uh, question. Actually, oh, no, there we go. Um, it was not a stage play. No? Um, It was written for the screen. It, it's, it um, seemed but like it, it was be. adapted by Neil Simon and Burt Bacharach. Ooh. Years later, uh, 1969, it premiered on Broadway as Promises, Promises. Interesting. Yes. Was it a musical? It was. Mm. Yes. And uh, it had the Burt Bacharach theme, I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Hmm. Which you have heard because that's the kind of music I listen to while I'm working. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, that was, that's fun. Oh, and also in this film, uh, the Music Man, which had been on Broadway for about two and a half or three years with the time this movie was made. Yeah. Uh, was playing, that was the, that was the, uh, the show that they were going to go see. Music Man was not made into a movie until a couple years later. Nice. But, um, it was interesting to see that, you know, they actually shot at the theater where the Music Man was playing. Yeah. And We've been to that theater. We know where that. Mm, no, not that one. No, no.
1: So but it's a, it is an actual theater. Right. It is an actual theater. It
0: was. It was in. We haven't been to that theater, but we have seen it though. When we went to New York possibly. City, we may have seen the building. I'm not sure if the theater still exists. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so Rabble so there's that. Um, and uh, there you go. Nice. All right, so uh, we're uh, we're all available on the the Twitter box. I'm right. at Mr. Bowen. I'm in at the underscore Fro. And. Uh, we're also available on email, uh, one hundred of something at gmail dot com. Write us; we'll respond. We will send your email Falcons to us to mm-hmm. the podcastle, and uh, we will respond uh, in kind, or at least on the uh, on the podcast itself. We may respond with threats of war, though, if you send another Falcon. Nah, that'd be fine. No, 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 no war. No war. No war. So far, nobody's disagreed with us. I guess I must be. I yeah, mean, everybody's we must. Just silence, silence, grant consent, or nobody's listening. Or nobody's listening. No. But we know that's not true. Or do we? Do we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. Oh, next uh, next week, The Wild Bunch. What? What is that? Ketchup Guns. Old Ooh. West. Oh. Sam Peckinpah. Boosh. Oh, I'm excited now. Yep. <clears throat> cool. Bye. Bye.